Thank God today, and this is Pastor Adams, President and Founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank God today for another opportunity to share very vital truths concerning the Word of God. And today, we're going to be speaking on a topic that we believe is so important for the body of Christ to really understand and wrap their arms around. And we're going to be teaching on a topic today entitled, Truth About Prophets and apostles. But before we get into our teaching, as our custom is, we want to pray. Father, we thank you once again for your your holiness. We thank you, Lord God, that you're great. We thank you, Lord God, that you are our great high priest. You stand as our mediator between us. We thank you that you are Savior. Give your name glory today, God, because we know that, Lord, you're faithful in all that you do. You are God that you don't change. You are the father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. We thank you that you are a rock. You are a pillar in our lives. You give us stability and hope. We give your name glory today. You bless everyone today who tuned into this podcast. Let your word fall upon good ground. Let understanding, let Lord clarity come to those who listen today. And for anyone today who does not know you in the pardon of their sins, let their lives be changed. Let them be regenerated through your love and your mercy and your grace. We speak your word today. Lord, you anoint us. You be with us that your word and your will will be preeminent in all that we do and say. And we're just so thankful for our listeners in Singapore, those in Ghana. Thank for our listeners who are listening so much in Germany and Puerto Rico. Uh, New Zealand, here in Ireland, here in these United States, and Canada as well. And so we just today are going to dive into this topic, truth about prophets and apostles. Now, we at Truth Matters, we're committed to sharing truths from God's Word. And we have to do that by utilizing balanced hermeneutical principles. And if you've listened to our podcast, we've gone over hermeneutics and we've gone over the art and science of interpretation. And this exposition on apostles and prophets is crucial. And why is that? It's due to the importance of us gaining accurate information and understanding of this teaching, which will allow the body of Christ and all of you, I pray that members of the body of Christ will appropriate all of the riches and the relationship that Christ has given to us and also allow you to avoid the pitfalls and the fraudulent expectations that have been perpetrated on the body of Christ by so many Bible teachers. Look at the word of God in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. I want you to turn to that. Listen to what it says. It says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. What was the reason? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? Till we all come into the unity of the faith, also the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect or mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is why he gave what so many call the five-fold ministry gift. But we want to make sure that we uh, really dig a little deeper in this podcast so that we can understand its place and its proper setting as it relates to our application in the year 2020. See, in these passages, it reveals that God gave the church or the body of Christ special gifts to assist the church to what? Grow, become mature, 
and to have unity or unify as the members of the body of Christ fulfill their role and their function and then go out and take the message of Jesus' redemptive work to the world. We at Truth Matters find it interesting that this is the only time in this particular passage that the word pastor is used in the entire New Testament. It's important for us to also share in this podcast that it refers to a shepherd who provides direction and gives subsistence and protection and care for their flock. The term pastor includes a dual role. So when you see the word pastor and teacher, those basically are dual roles. We realize that the evangelists, they are a type of a missionary and they have a specific role of outreach ministry to promote and to declare God's message as outlined in Matthew 28 and 19 and Acts 1 and 8. Acts 1 and 8 tells us that we're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon the church and we're going to be witnesses into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. But we today need to focus on the two ministries of apostle and prophet because those are the ones that have been mostly misunderstood and misapplied and appropriated by the body of Christ. Our first question in this podcast is our apostles and prophets in the first century the same as those that we see manifest today <clears throat> that's our question so let's go ahead and answer it see the apostles in the first century had a specific ministry during what was called the last prolific era of signs and wonders i want you to take notes and write that down many of us haven't been taught about the errors of prolific miracles and signs and wonders the first error was during the ministry of moses you all know he came to pharaoh and he had all the plagues that came against pharaoh and the nation of, uh, of egypt right and then the second era of prolific miracles was during the ministries of elijah and elisha out of the 66 books of the bible you'll only find three eras where there were prolific signs and wonders and miracles and then the last one was the ministries of the apostles and the prophets and the bible declares that jesus christ was the chief cornerstone see the embryonic organism known as the church needed a special anointed and empowered ministry of apostle and the prophet for two primary reasons and these are things that they didn't teach us and and Bible study. The first one was to confirm the fulfillment of the most important event in human history. What is that? That God the Logos, who was being born into the world, for what reason? To usher in the gospel of grace, the gospel of reconciliation and redemption for the propitiation of man's transgression and sin. Something that had been plaguing man for over 40 and two generations, for over 4,000 years. It had never been remedied. There had never been a solution. And then came the logos. And secondly, to have a prophet speak for God. Why? Because he did not have the completed canon of scripture. So was it, is it really Pastor Adams? It is the apostle and the prophet were for those two main reasons. To confirm God's fulfillment of his word that God was coming into the earth to complete 
the propitiation, the reconciliation and the redemption of man's transgression against God. And then secondly, the prophet was there to speak for God because we did not have the completed canon of scripture. See, primarily the New Testament teaches that the apostles of Christ were persons to whom Christ appeared after his resurrection and whom he commissioned to be his personal spokesman. As previously mentioned, Ephesians 2 and 20 and 3 and 5, they teach us that apostles and prophets had what? Foundational offices through which Christ established the church as the newly constituted people of God. If you're going to write something down, I want you to write that down. That according to Ephesians 2 and 20 and Ephesians 3 and 5, it was there to make sure that we knew that God gave prophets and apostles foundational offices. And those foundational offices mean that they were going to establish new doctrine. They were going to establish new revelation. All of those things came through the apostles and the prophets. And also that they were the church which consisted of Jews and Gentiles to make up the singular body of Christ. Clearly many men today who claim to be apostles have taken upon themselves authority over other people which has not been given to them by God. Now in addressing the question of apostles today, we are truth matters. We must carefully define our terms. Certainly the church today needs church planters. That's very important. We must have missionaries or we need leaders to act as pastors over other pastors. Fortunately, when some people say the church needs apostles today, that's exactly what they mean. And while the usage of the term apostle for church leaders today is not biblical, certainly the church does need persons to act as church planters, leaders, and missionaries. Now, our second question is this. What are the qualifications of a person being an apostle? When a person is an apostle, when they're, they're ordained or they're called or they make a public declaration, they're apostle. Have they really met the qualifications in the year 2020 to be called an apostle? See, the most crucial requirement is that you had to be called by and personally seen the resurrected Jesus Christ with your eyeballs. Say that again, Pastor Adams. The most crucial requirement to become an apostle is you had to be called to be an apostle and you had to personally had seen the resurrected Jesus Christ with your eyes. Not in a dream, not in a vision, not reading in scripture and seeing him in text, but it had to be a real personal relationship with your eyeballs. Read Acts 1 and 22. It says, beginning from the baptism of John until the same day he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of what? His resurrection. So in other words, you had to actually seen him and been a witness and ordained of him and seen his resurrection. It had to have been with your own eyeballs. First Corinthians 9 and 1 tells us, am I not an apostle? 
Okay, the question was, Paul said, am I not an apostle? And then he was qualifying why he was an apostle by the next comment. He said, have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? 1 Corinthians 15 verse 7 and 8 tells us that he was seen of James and of all the apostles. See, this central requirement, it disqualifies modern Christians today from having the designation or walking in the office of an apostle. See, Paul, he was certified and confirmed as an apostle. How? Because he did see the resurrected Christ in the book of Acts while he was traveling down the Damascus Road. So even though Paul was not one of the original 12, he did see the resurrected Christ on the Damascus Road and he fell down before him. And Jesus told him that he was the Lord and it was hard for him to kick against the pricks and to get up and go to Jerusalem and go to Ananias' house. And when he got there, he would tell and instruct him what to do. And he was blinded. And he went there to get his marching orders and his calling as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And since you had to see Jesus Christ, and since this is true, why do we have so many persons being addressed as apostles in the year 2020? Well, primarily, this is a result of the lack of biblical precision and the lack of men mastering the art and science of interpretation. There are so many pastors who teach that healing is guaranteed today. And they also suggest that healing is a component that is contained in Christ's atonement, meaning that when Christ died on the cross, they said that our healing and our wealth and our health was a part of the atonement. Is that true? There are others who suggest that when the Bible says in Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And they they interpret that text to mean that whatever Jesus did in the first century, whatever we saw happen during the prolific era of miracles, whatever we saw and whatever Jesus did, it never changes because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It can't be changed. It'll never stop and it'll never be altered is a suggestion. But remember, when Jesus was in his earth walk, he kept the Sabbath. Are we supposed to do it today? Are we supposed to look at everything Jesus did and conclude that it, it's still for us today? Jesus never ate pork chops. He never ate ham. He, he never tasted bacon. Does that mean we can't do it today? Jesus kept the Sabbath, the, the, the Passover. There are a lot of things that Jesus did before the cross operating as a Jew. He kept a lot, a lot of the Jewish rituals and ordinances of Judaism. So we can't look at everything Jesus did and suggest that everything he did, we're supposed to do it too. So we must understand that after the cross, and after the resurrection, a new covenant was established and it was ratified in his blood. That's why we read in Colossians, it says, therefore, because of what happened on the cross, let no one judge you in meat or drink or in observance of a Sabbath day. He has taken all those ordinances that were inconvenient, that were against us, and he nailed them to the cross. The cross is a pivotal point. So we see that Jesus did not 
do or teach the apostles to do or to continue in the things that Jesus even practiced during his earth walk. Likewise, the office of an apostle did not continue with the same authority and tenets because apostles had to have a personal experience and be a personal eyewitness with the resurrected Christ. So let's let's shift gears a little bit and let's look at prophets today. The key component of the inspired text of scripture, having not yet been completed by God's inspired writers, it necessitated the need for God to call prophets to speak God's word to his people. You see, first century prophets established doctrine and they had unquestioned authority and brought divine revelation to the church. Let's look at what the Bible says. In 2 Peter 1 and 9, it says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Who wrote it? Peter did. But what did what what exactly does this mean to us today? We can't forget that Peter, he was one of the apostles that was on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was shining as the like the sun. And Peter also was there. And he saw Elijah and Moses. And Peter was there and he heard God's voice speak through a cloud. After he had that experience, we see that Peter, writing in 2 Peter 1 and 19, said these words. Even though I've had all those experiences, I saw Jesus shining like the sun. I was there with Elijah. I was there with Moses. And I heard God's voice through the cloud. Even after that experience, he said, the scripture says that we have a more sure word of prophecy. More sure than what? All the things I heard with my ears and saw with my eyes. Because the word of God that's written has more reliability than every external experience and every oral utterance. When someone stands up and speaks in tongues, uka ba 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 da ba da, thus saith the Lord, God says, My people, my people, I am going to come and deliver you. I am going to bring back everything that the canker worm has eaten and destroyed. I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. I'm going to give you riches on and when they start saying those things, the Bible says that his word is more reliable than someone who opens their mouth and says, Thus saith the Lord. See, the Bible says that the flower fadeth and the grass withereth, but the written word of the Lord will endure forever. See, the purpose of prophets is God spoke to mankind through special called and anointed men that would be an oracle or mouthpiece of God, bringing new revelation to mankind. God spoke through them until he had the completed written canon of scripture. God raised up Moses as his spokesman. But guess what he did? He sent Moses up the mountain. Why? And he took his finger and he engraved into stone his commandments. Even though he had a human mouthpiece who would speak his will orally, his example and his purpose is that his word be preserved and written. And that's what man was going to live by. Prophets were needed until God used inspired men to write his will and word in scripture. Sola, scriptola, 
solely by the scriptures. We read in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness. The body of Christ is like the participants of psychic hotlines nowadays. What we do is we want a word from some seer. We want information from God that that we that we can get an immediate answer. We just want like a a, a, a quick microwave answer we want things instant right now instead of studying the word instead of waiting on god to really know his will we don't we want to get something that is automatic and instant but the bible says that all doctrine and instruction that is profitable for us it comes from scripture look what the bible says in luke 4 and 4 it cautions us by claiming it is written man shall not live by bread alone but how should we live by every word that comes out of the mouth of god see christ referred to god's word that was written in scripture is what we're supposed to live by second corinthians 4 and 13 reveals we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written i believed what was written and therefore have i spoken we believe and therefore speak the only thing that we're supposed to speak is what is written we as people of god must believe what's written and we must speak what is written romans 10 and 17 says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word which is the written word of god second peter 1 21 says this prophecy came not to us by the will of men but holy men of god spoke as they were moved and inspired by the holy ghost likewise when some people say the church needs prophets today they mean that the church needs spirit-filled leaders who can inspire the church with vision and for its mission or who can challenge the church into deeper commitments to Christ. And again, while this may not be the most biblical use of the term prophet, there can be no doubt that the church do need such persons. Now, how do we test prophets? Deuteronomy 18 Verse 18 through 21 says, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. Verse 20 says, But the prophet which shall presume to speak in my name, when I commanded him not, and I commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. If thou say in thy heart, How shall we know the word? that the Lord hath not spoken. Verse 22 says, When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not nor come to pass, that is the thing that the Lord has not spoken. But the prophet has spoken presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. Listen to what Jeremiah 23, 21 says, I have not sent these prophets yet, they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Verse 31 says, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongue and say that he or God has said it. Verse 32, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their likeness. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore shall not profit this people at all saith the Lord. So what does true prophecy look like? We read in the book of Ezekiel, it speaks of a man named Ezekiel. This man, uh, he was stated in the document that God gave him personal information about a future event. In the 26th chapter, the word of the Lord came to me saying in the year 576 BC, God told him to speak to the world about judgments that would come 
upon the great city Tyre. He said, number one, Nebuchadnezzar will destroy the mainland city. Number two, many nations will rise against Tyre. Number three, Tyre will be bare like a rock, flat like the top of a rock. Number four, fishermen will spread their nets, their nets over the site. And then five, throw cities, debris into the water. Number six, the city will never be rebuilt. Number seven, it will never be found again. What did this happen and how was this prophecy actually fulfilled? Around 573 BC, Nebuchadnezzar laid siege upon the mainland Tyre three years after the initial prophecy. He destroyed the main city gates and found the city nearly empty. The Tyrrhenians moved to the island city of Tyre, and there there remained a powerful city for hundreds of years. Around the year 333 BC, which is about 240 years after Ezekiel spoke the prophecy, history records the incident when Alexander the Great, while at war with the Persians after defeating Darius III, marched toward Egypt. When he reached the mainland city Tyre, he desired to have them open their gates to him, denying their use to the Persian fleet. But the citizens refused Alexander, and Alexander demolished the city. And he used the debris to build a mole bridge that was 200 feet wide across the strait separating the old tires. And then he erected towers and war engines at the end. And then, in fact, years later in 690 AD, Muslims conquered the city. Today, the bridge still remains, and historian Nina uh, Jedigen recently visited the area formerly known as the Great City and describes what she saw. She says, the port is still in use. Small vessels still lay their anchor there. The port has become a haven for fishing boats and a place of spreading nets. So just as the, just as the prophecy said, it came and was fulfilled exactly as God said. Let's look at the prophecy of Jesus' birth. The Bible says in Isaiah 7, 14, Behold, a virgin shall bear and shall conceive a child, and he shall be called Emmanuel. And it was fulfilled in Matthew 1, 23. It says, And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, A virgin shall conceive a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God is with us. Psalms 22 and 14 says, I am poured out like water, and my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. Verse 16 says, Dogs or Gentiles have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. They part my garments among them and they cast lots for my vesture. This was fulfilled perfectly in Mark, the 15th chapter in the 24th verse. The Bible says in Matthew 24 11 many false prophets shall rise and deceive many the world and the church has been plagued by false prophets for centuries men and women such as nostradamus Jeannie dixon benny hinn sid roth just recently there has been a host of false prophets like kenneth copeland brian Carn, pat robertson jim baker and paula white who have falsely prophesied that god spoke to them and revealed that donald trump would be elected president on november 3rd 2020 it didn't happen. And since it didn't happen, they are false prophets. Kenneth Copeland promised that he prophesied rather that COVID-19 would be destroyed by March 19, 2020, when there were less than only 100,000 cases in the United States. And since he made that prophecy, 
our country has reached 14 million cases and we've had about 285,000 deaths. This is the danger of believing so-called prophets. I have preachers who prophesied to me that God was going to give me a retail business if I put $300 in the offering. I've seen so many people who call themselves prophets like Pastor Alf Luku in South Africa. He staged resurrections of people rising up out of coffins and then he was sued by funeral homes in South Africa for using their business in the scam. This so-called prophet has been exposed for paying poor Africans to stay in his property's guest house. And they were actors who rehearsed the scenarios and then they would come to the church and perform detailed scams. And when they were called up to deceive the people, this is to deceive people that he is operating in a supernatural word of knowledge gift to secure his position as a conduit, as a prophet of God. Benny Hinn, he prophesied that God would kill homosexuals by 1994. He also prophesied that Fidel Castro was going to be dead by 1995. He also prophesied that Jesus was going to come in his spiritual body down to the earth and stand next to him on the stage in the year 2002 in his Kenyan crusade. See, the body of Christ is deficient in understanding the scriptures. And since we are deficient, we are ripe for deception and manipulation and spiritual corruption. And all we do is we get flim-flammed by people who prey on our ignorance. We don't need prophets today. We need to pray. We need to commune with our Lord every day. We need to walk in the spirit. We must master God's word and his will in scripture. The written word is truth. Jesus told us we shall know him and his word, which is truth. And then we will be made free. We thank God for you listening to this podcast. And we pray that you will walk in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Only follow one prophet, and that is Jesus Christ, who is our prophet, our priest, and our king. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.